a dating and makeover expert where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Love is the most powerful energy on earth, but can only reach its full potential if you're radiating it from within you instead of expecting it to come to you. Because when you radiate positivity and health, you appear more attractive and you have more energy to attract others. How you care for yourself and applying wellness into your life will attract love. I see it time and time again. And research studies have actually shown they related to wellness that indicate that People who take good care of themselves and make healthy lifestyle choices are healthier, happier, more productive. They miss less work, yada, 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 which all have an impact on who you attract. I know that sounds really elementary, but I can't tell you how many times when I coach people, those are like the fundamental things that need to happen before we even jump into swiping right and left, right? So what you put out is what you get back. And when you apply wellness in your everyday life, it will allow you to achieve your full potential with passion, energy, and purpose. And I remember I was working with a man and he, oh gosh, he had an incredibly hard time with everything. I mean, specifically socializing and dating. And he had a history of depression. He was really unhappy with his weight. He was riddled with anxiety every time he walked into a room. And here's the thing that was even more problematic is that he lacked the motivation and the consistency in doing anything. So he would try something for a little bit, like he would try online dating for a while, and then he would run out of steam, especially when he wasn't getting the results he wanted. And then he would quit. Or he would try to exercise and he would get into a routine and he'd do it for a bit, but bam, he would fall off the bandwagon and sit on the couch for weeks. And so his failure to launch and feel successful in these areas in his life left him feeling really frustrated and lonely. And he was in this complete state of victim mentality when I met him. And it was clear when we started coaching together that he needed to focus on his well-being and feeling good in his body, mind, and spirit before he could attract a healthy partnership. So here's the thing. I, the first thing I did with him, I put him on a routine. I'm, I'm not a fitness instructor. However, he just needed that accountability to exercise every day. I said, I don't even want you going online yet until you get consistency in this area because inherently you're going to feel more empowered. You're going to feel better and build a positive mindset around himself. And he, I also gave him the directive to go to the gym and practice talking to strangers. So here's the thing. A lot of people like compartmentalize dating and their social life. And what I tell people is that it, it's not like black and white. Like you can go exercise at the gym, start feeling good in your body and practice socializing. And that's what I wanted him to do to build his social muscle. And so we worked on his wardrobe also to give him a sexy style, which also helped him with his sexy confidence, of course, when socializing. And he did have ups and downs. Okay. I'm not going to lie. And he did would, you know, he'd fall off the bandwagon, but that's what I was there for to help him, you know, with that routine and stick with it. 
And after a little accountability and coaching, he really started feeling better with his mind, his body, his spirit, and that increased his social and dating confidence. And by the end of our coaching cycle, he was dating up a storm, attracted a great woman in his life. And he never dreamed of even just any of the women that he was dating attracting that. So here's the thing. When you look in the mirror and you love who you are, you love what you see, you love what you feel, that is when others will recognize it and see it too. Like attracts like. So with me today is an incredible woman who is going to help me talk about wellness and how you can apply it towards every possible endeavor, including your love life. She is a licensed mental health counselor and transformational coach with two decades of experience working in the wellness space, always at the cutting edge and intersection of personal integrity, medical technology, and daily habits. She offers only the most impactful treatment options to her clients. And with all she does, she has one goal, to create lasting change in a quick, painless, I like that, (laughs) an effective way. Welcome, Dr. Maritza. Is it Gary Kelly? Hi. Hey, Kim. Thanks so much for having me. Oh my God. I was so excited to have you. I mean, I just, you know, we met at, at a mastermind and I just immediately like locked into you. I don't know. There was just something about you. Um, And obviously this is like partly what we're talking about today is like, you know, just kind of things that radiate out from you. Um, And we were talking off air for a little bit, like things I had no idea about (laughs) you. Cause so I'd like to like, just start there, just diving into some of your story and how you got into all of this. Oh goodness. Um, Yeah. It's so it's, it's weird. Like I never, like if, Huh, gosh, how like first off, in my head, I have to get out of the fact that I think I'm like in my 20s still, but I'm not. So when you look at if that helps, yeah, (laughs) but you're wiser. See, it works both ways, right? Like, I'm I'm 29 with like um 12 years of experience, right? Right. So, um, yeah, so growing up, I never thought I never thought I would even go to college. Um, it just wasn't like really like a thing for me. And then when I eventually made the leap into going into college, like I always knew that I wanted to like help people in some capacity. Um, but I was really into fitness. So I was a personal trainer and fitness instructor for early on in my career. Like I taught everything from Pilates to spin classes to meditation. Um, you know, so that was kind of like my passion. And it's funny what you're saying, like with with the guy going to the gym, because I would think that like, even before, like I was a a licensed mental health counselor or, you know, had reached any of my degrees is that like, how do you date if you don't feel good about who you are? Yeah. And, and that was like something like when you said that, I'm like, why have Kim and I not hung out before Right. Yeah. Well, no, because that was part of the journey, right? We we learn through these experiences too. Obviously you did. Yeah. So, um, so for me, it was, um, you know, I went to school and, you know, became a therapist and I noticed that like even doing therapy, it wasn't like a perfect alignment because it was very like very chunked up, like conscious mind stuff. And I know you have degrees and in counseling as well. And for me, I was like, I need to like incorporate, like I need to like, um, almost like, so like create a hybrid program to where like we do incorporate the mental, but we have to incorporate the physical. And I did that. 
And then I got certified as a Reiki master. I was like, oh, and we have to. So, and I have my doctor in um, counseling ministry. So I'm like, and we have to incorporate the spiritual because spiritual life is a very important thing to me. Like I call my spiritual person, God. I know some people call him universe or father time or mother nature. And I think all of that is fine. But like, I do believe there is a, a spiritual aspect as well um, in getting connected with people. So I started doing that. And then like slowly, but surely I started like incorporating like different devices into my facility to just help with the overall like mental health and wellness component that we've created with our clients. And now when our clients come in, it's a very different experience. So a lot of times people will be like, oh, you're a therapist. I'm like, yeah, but I don't really do therapy. Yeah, so it's trying to like explain and really um, demystify what it is that happens here. And I just tell people like, it's very experiential. You have to come in and you really have to experience it because I can't describe for you what you're going to experience because it's unique and very individualized. Mm, I love that. Well, and also like your personal journey, it was so interesting what you were talking about and like looking at you now and those of you who are watching this on YouTube, like I would never guess there was this other part of you. <laughs> Do you want to share a little bit about that? Because I wonder, sure. did did part of that also inspire you to get into all this? Or yeah, so like I mean, like so I've always kind of been, you know, like I grew up in like the eighties and nineties, and you know, like like punk rock was a big thing, and you know, like Marilyn Manson and Nine Inch Nails and all those things. So like, so like I was very like tattooed piercings. Um, I never got any face tattoos, um, very close. Um, but like, I have like lip piercings and septum piercings and, you know, about 30 body, uh, body tattoos, um, and other piercings. So for me, it was, it's interesting because there was like an evolution of self and self, um, identification and like coming into myself, I think that, uh, took place. And throughout that journey, um, I think there was, at least for me, there was a process of, I don't want to say like self-loathing, but there was a process of like, who am I and who am I becoming? And I really didn't have a clear path and not that my parents did a good job or a bad job with it, but they kind of more did like, well, you know, you be you. But I was like, well, how do I be me if I don't know who me is? So there was like that journey of self-discovery that I think um, some people go through in their like 20s and 30s. And I went through at like 12 because yeah. I've always been, like a really deep thinker. Like I'm one of those people like I can sit there and think for like eight hours straight without saying a word. No problem. Wow. And so for me, there was like this whole journey of self-discovery. So um, like I told you uh, off air was like I never thought about going to college. And then when I finally did go to college and I finally found out what I loved and and how I could make that into like, how do I, and I think a lot of us do this. How do I help somebody who was me, like old me? Yes. Yes. And, and that was it. And I was like, okay, like to help old me, this is who I needed to be. I needed this person. I needed a person who was completely non-judgmental. that if somebody walked in with piercings and tattoos, that they're not looking at me like weird or if somebody walked in on drugs or had never done drugs before, like they're not looking for me weird. So I need it. So I try to show up as that person who's like non-judgmental, like meeting you where you're, where you're at. Like if you're crying on the floor, they're sitting down there with you. Like, and just kind of like, we can be as raw and real 
as imaginable, like wherever you're coming from, you know, whether you're coming into like lose weight or to gain a relationship or to your journey to wellness or business mastery, like it doesn't matter. Like we got you, like it's, it's cool. Like no judgment. Like once you walk through those doors, I look at it as like when somebody comes in here, it's a very humbling experience Mm. that you're asking a stranger who doesn't know you you've literally said like, I've extinguishes all my internal and external resources. Um, and I need you to help me. Yeah. And I take that very serious. Well, and it's really interesting what you're saying too, about the, the old self and the new self, and there's going to be a future self even from here. Like we're always evolving. Right. And when you were in that old self and you went through it kind of at a young age, did you find yourself doing things to get validated or try to figure out who you are? You know, like maybe you weren't focused on the wellness and, and did you notice a difference in the people that you attracted back then to now when you are in, I know you have a story about your husband, but like, I I'd love for you to talk about that difference too. Yeah. So a lot of people don't realize. So, um, I guess I got lucky in a way where I like, so my husband has a whole story about addiction and things. Um, and a lot of people don't realize that I started doing drugs very young. So like, whereas he started doing drugs in his thirties, I started doing cocaine at 12 and, you know, growing up in South Florida, it was very easy, you know, um, being around here, it's basically summer all the time. We're right down the street. Like I grew up not far from South beach and downtown Fort Lauderdale. So like hanging out at the beach bars, it's, you know, Florida spring break all year long. So, you know, drugs, alcohol, sex, all of those things were like a part of like our daily life as teenagers. Mm. Um, so like I did, like, I, I kind of want to say like, I lived a hard and fast life very early. Um, And I kind of recognize, so like, I don't come from a family where there's like a lot of addiction or anything like that, which I think for me was lucky that I didn't get into those things. Um, because like my parents don't drink or do drugs or smoke. And so when I was doing it, obviously it wasn't like accepted or appreciated. And my parents, you know, had some like harsh words for me and some harsh tactics. So when I did decide to go on to college, like I kind of left my whole life, like everybody I talked to, like my friends, my boyfriend, just everyone, like I just left my entire life. Um, and I moved to, um, another city and I, I had roommates for a little bit, but then I didn't have roommates anymore. And I lived by myself in college. I didn't have a TV. Um, I mean, this is like, like late nineties, early two thousands. So like computers weren't really like a thing. Like if you wanted a computer, you went to the library or maybe you had a laptop if you were like rich like that. Um, Hey, I had to deal with the typewriters that were electric. And I thought that was really cool when they had the whiteout. So like, you think it was bad? Yeah. Oh no. I still had typewriters in grad school. And because, and because of what we do with like um, HIPAA and stuff like that, we weren't allowed to use whiteout. So, and I'm like, Typer. So, but to get back to your point, like, I, you know, a lot of the people that I grew up with in my early teens and um, in that era, um, unfortunately, have either passed away because of drug addiction um, or are in jail. There's very few people that I was really close with in my past that are alive today. Wow. It, it almost sounds like you went through this whole like cleansing when you left and in so, in so many ways, you know, and um, I wondered 
Can I tell I'm you just, about a dream? What? Well, yes. Do, do okay. so. So, cause I want to bring up, cause you said cleansing. I don't want to forget. Yeah. So when I was living at my parents' house, I moved out of my parents' house when I was like 16 or 17 to go to school. Um, when I was living at my parents' house, I used to have this dream. I had this big bay window mm. and I had this dream that like all of a sudden I was laying in my bed and I looked over and there was somebody standing up there and they were like, I couldn't see a face, but it was like all black. And like, all of a sudden, like I dreamed and like, I was like dead. Right. And I, but I didn't know that I was dead. I like opened my eyes. I was like, <gasps> like, that was so scary. And then when I looked down, I'm laying there like in my bed dead. Right. So for years, I thought that I was like, that someone was trying to kill me. So I'm like, oh God. So I always like <sighs> creepily like lock my doors and stuff. And then as like, I got into more dream interpretation and things, I intentionally set the intention to have this dream to see like what it was. And I found out it was me. Mm. it was me like cleansing me. It was killing off the pieces that I no longer needed and that no longer served me in my life in that point. And not that I went on to have like this perfect life after that. But what I realized is that like, as I set forth my life more intentionally, more cleansingly, it's not that I don't eat, you know, a French fry here or there. It's not that I never had a glass of champagne after that. It's not that I haven't had friendships that didn't serve me for my highest and best. But what I realized is that at any moment I can reinvent myself and I'm not stuck being who I am because of who I was. Mm. So I oh, just want to love, yeah. love, love that. Well, actually this relates to what I was going to ask you, what you just shared, because I mean, whether it was that dream that kind of catapulted you into the interpretation of your new life or doing these, were there some things that you did along the way to get you in that more like cleansing state, positive state. I mean, this is like where the wellness comes in because I know it doesn't happen overnight. And I can hear people like just listening to this being like, well, this all sounds great. I'll just have a dream and poof, I'll be cleansed. You know? So what are some things you did and maybe you want to share with others? Sure. So I started really looking at my associations. So again, for me, it started off really early. Um, and I had two types of friends. I had the types of friends who were drinking, doing drugs and just they weren't really moving their lives forward in any direction. And as we got older, they didn't do it less. They started doing it more and started having more consequences. Mm. And I knew that that's not what I wanted because I had this other set of friends that we've been riding our bikes to the gym since we were 12 and like going and, and, you know, just achieving, like, you know, looking at the cuts in our triceps and (laughs) abs today And I realized that those groups of friends were going away to college and they were getting jobs and they were, you know, getting into like really positive relationships and they were having good relationships with their family. And at that time in my life, I kind of like, sometimes I did and sometimes I didn't. Sometimes it would be really good and sometimes it would be really bad. So for me, part of, I would say like reorganizing my internal to reflect what I wanted externally was... Mm. not drinking, um, eating foods that nourished my body and my soul, um, saying nice things to myself. Um, because I know like early on, like I would get like really down on myself about things that I would do. And, and we could get into this. Like, I didn't realize that I had dyslexia. So like, I would like try to read and I would like, I wouldn't know, like, not that I wouldn't be able to read or like words are backwards. Like, cause 
you, you, we don't know that words are backwards, right? Right, uh, right. How would so, you know? So I would try to read and what would happen is I would just shut down internally. Like I would get frustrated or I'd fall asleep. So then I was like, you know, what's wrong with me? Or like, I, you know, this person seems like 10 steps ahead of me. So I would get frustrated and I would kind of like quit. Um, so one of the things that helped me is I had a, um, a friend, boyfriend at the time who with my parents, like we were all really close and he was like, you know, why don't you just try like doing like a community college to start you out? And I thought like, oh my God, like, I mean, in my head, like I have a friend going, going away to like four year universities and things. And I felt like such a loser. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to go to like the local community college. And like, it's just going to be ridiculous. Like I would just rather not go to college. Right. But I, I took some classes And the difference between like how I felt treated in high school and how I felt treated in college, like a person I felt heard and I felt validated Uh. and I was able to like build relationships with people because I'm a little shy at first anyways, which then I feel like makes me a little awkward because sometimes I talk too much or I don't talk enough. And it's like, it's like a weird like point of like regulation where I'm like, or like, so, um, so I'm. I started community college and I just had such an amazing experience. Mm. Um, you know, got a job, ended up going away to a four-year university that I thought I wanted to go to, got a job as a personal trainer there and just like really started to be more conscious and mindful and intentional with my actions. Mm. And that was huge for me because eventually like I, the four-year university like didn't fit for me because by the time I got there, I had already had my associate's degree. Um, so when I got there, kids were partying the way that I partied as a teenager. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I would go out and like people were like getting really drunk or they were like doing drugs. And I was kind of at the point where I was like, I had gotten really good grades in my getting my AA or my AS degree, whatever it was, my two year to go to university that I wanted, like, now I wanted to be like more serious and I wanted, I didn't want to like party and and do those things. So I ended up, and I had a job, like I worked as a personal trainer. Um, so I had to be up at five in the morning to train people. So like, I'm not interested in staying out till 3am. So I ended up, um, ended up moving back to South Florida where I'm from and, um, talking to my parents and going to university here, um, over at FAU, which is like more of a local school. It's more of a commuter school growing up. Um, and it just like, it just changed. Like, I just felt like, like I, I started meeting people who are older than me and my environment changed and I changed mm-hmm. and what was important to me changed you know, and, and just like everything, like, it's been like a really beautiful experience. Like it has not been like easy. <laughs> oh, right. Nothing in life is easy. That's worthwhile to be honest. Right. Yeah, I mean, like if, if I was to imagine a snake, like effortlessly shedding his skin, it was more like being clawed apart by an iguana in the middle of the shedding. Um, but it, it was, it was painful at times. I yeah. mean, there were times where I had to like for me, like leave friendships and acquaintances Mm. because like those, and not that the people were bad. It's just for me that the relationship 
or what we were doing in the relationship wasn't helping me to be my best version of myself, which is who I need to be. It's so awesome what you're sharing too, because I mean, just to, I want to extract a couple things because what you said, I mean, just the whole metaphor of the snake, there, there's this like shedding that was happening. And often when you're, you're shedding, you're letting go. And it's not easy to let go of things that you're familiar with, even though they're not serving you. It's something that you know that you're kind of confident in, even though it might be bad for you. So it takes a bit to, to do something that's different. But like, as I always talk about, I'm sure you do too. No one changes in a state of comfort right? You only change when you're uncomfortable. And it sounds like you went through this kind of metamorphosis with that. And I I also heard like in your journey too, kind of like with my client, you put yourself in a state of structure, accountability, practice, which often like builds people's confidence because you were getting like those kind of good vibes and good mental state from it. And so that was helping you build, you know, that muscle. So I I love it. Are there like, even in your practice, like drawing upon maybe your own experiences, but also professionally some wellness hacks that you teach people? So for me, I always say like, and I have to say this, um, is what a big part of my story was also God for me. Mm. And just really uh, getting into that. And that was one of my things. That was one of the things that helped me. God in the gym helped me develop like the structure that I felt like I needed. I grew up in uh, pretty much private Catholic and Christian school my whole life. But I don't have parents that are practicing in any type of religion. Mm. So um, I went to church by myself for much Mm. of my teen and adult years. And I believe that that part of it kind of helped me to restructure um, wellness hacks that I love. Um, I'll give you ones that are free and basic that anybody can do. And then I'll give you some more elaborate ones that may cost some money or they have to seek out a professional to utilize. So my free ones are one drink water. Water will change your life. Cheers. (laughs) I cannot stress this um, enough. Um, when we say that your body is over 80% water, um, your brain runs 70% of your metabolism and it only weighs three pounds. Like your body needs water. Um, when it doesn't have water, it is dying. <laughs> um, and, and it's, you need water, lots of water. Um, so First and foremost, every morning, start your day off before you grab your phone. I don't care if you put your phone downstairs in the kitchen next to your cup that you're going to drink water out of, but before you grab your phone, eight ounces of water, right? Make sure it's alkaline to the right pH level. So if you don't have a Kangen or a Valora water machine, um, use some lemon and salt in it, right? Um, The next thing is protein. Your brain and body need protein. So your brain is, um, your brain is three pounds. Your brain runs 70% of your body's metabolism and your brain needs protein in order to build and structure and to maintain its elasticity and its muscle and your body needs muscle. Your body actually, um, when we go to the gym or when we're doing activity of even basic living, we're tearing muscle fibers constantly. Um, and we're breaking down our body. So the body needs the proper nutrients to rebuild that. So you do that by making sure that you have good protein levels in your system. I am um, vegetarian, more like plant-based vegan. Um, and I have more of a raw diet. 
So one of the things that started happening when I chose that lifestyle is that I, I'm not a tofu person and, um, I don't eat a lot of protein rich foods. So I started realizing that I was getting really tired and exhausted. So I had to supplement with a protein supplement in order to feel better. So after I have my glass of water in the morning, I also have a protein powder, um, a vegan based protein powder that I utilize, um, that has over 22 grams of protein and only two grams of sugar. That's great. And I do that three times a day. Then I meet my uh, daily max for protein. Um, next is sleep. These Make are like sure. all basic needs, but so important and things that we forget too. This is great. Well, people think that you can make up sleep. You cannot make up sleep. It doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. If I get six hours of sleep tonight, getting nine hours of sleep tomorrow does not constitute as getting seven hours of sleep yesterday. It's not a mean, median, and mode where you're looking at like the standard deviations or like the average sleep. That's not how it works. You either got your eight hours or you didn't. And when you don't get your eight hours, I want you to imagine that you took a shot of alcohol um, and that's how you're working. So for every hour of sleep that you miss, think of it as a shot of alcohol. That's how behind in your system you are. Um, and the same thing happens when you take any type of like um, CNS blockers, like a, a Sudafed or a Dayquil or NyQuil or something. And I understand sometimes like we're in a state where we're like really not feeling well and we have, we feel that we need to take something. Um, but you probably are in that state because you weren't drinking enough water. You weren't getting enough sleep. You weren't getting enough exercise, um, which brings me to move your body, move your body and thank your body for being able to move. Um, so we do a little like lymphatic yoga in the morning where it's actually like Joe and I are actually uh, children's yoga instructors too. I don't know if you told oh, you. Oh, that's awesome. I yeah, love so we used to teach at our kids' schools. And so one of the things in the morning that I do with my kids is I teach them to appreciate all their cells. So we literally pat through our body and we sing a song. Every little cell in my body is happy. Every little cell in my body is well. And you literally are just giving thanks to your body because now the first thing that you say to your body is not like, oh, my back or, oh, I don't feel good. It's like, thank you. I'm alive mm -hmm. and, I'm, and I'm moving and I'm so excited. And thank you for that. Um, and that brings me to gratitude. Um, we have a big box in our kitchen where I don't care if you are the pest control guy, the handyman, the husband, the kids. When you come to my house, you're going to write something down that you're thankful for and you're going to stick it in the bucket. And what we can do is like if we ever feel like we're losing a little bit of gratitude, we reach in there and we read somebody else what somebody else is thankful for. And sometimes it reminds you that you may have that thing too um, and to be thankful for that as well. Um, another thing that I do is every night before bed, I make a list of how I can be a better person tomorrow. Mm, nice. This is a great daily reflection for me. Um, because sometimes I feel like, you know, and, and I'm not just talking in business or in personal life or in my marriage or with my kids or in my health, but I do it in all areas. And I, I will literally put like wife, um, human, mom, daughter, got uh, granddaughter, like friend. And I'll put one thing that I can do better 
the next day. Like maybe I'll, I talked to my girlfriend this morning and I was a little judgmental with something that she said. And I'll be like, I can be kinder when somebody's telling me about something that's bothering them and I can be there to just support them and love them rather than to judge them. Um, with nutrition, maybe it's like, well, I started my day off with a really delicious piece of garlic toast, um, and coffee. And, you know, tomorrow I can start myself off with a bowl of berries and a glass of water. Um, so always like keeping in touch with that. So those are like my free wellness hacks, you know, um, which are good because it's there incorporate the mind, the body and the spirit. The ones that are, more like seeking professional is um, getting into some biofeedback mm. you can find a center where you can do biofeedback, whether it's heart math or um, a fine health. Um, we have links on our websites. Um, you can purchase the devices on your own. You can use them at a practitioner's office. It's whatever uh, fits your budget. Um, using meditation pods or sensory deprivation pods helps you to kind of eliminate what the noise around you. Um, Cause I have a saying, like you have to rise above the noise. There's like always going to be noise. And a lot of people think that meditation or life is about creating the best external circumstances. Those don't exist. Ex the best external circumstances to have kids, to get married, to get into a relationship, to build a business, to quit your job, to get a new job, to have kids, to get married, to get divorced. Those, the perfect circumstances don't exist. So what you have to do is you have to quiet the noise yourself and create the perfect internal circumstances so that regardless of what happens, just like a pilot flying a plane, that even if you get knocked off course 20%, you're still able to rebound and effectively maintain yourself to get to your destination. Because if my pilot's 1% off track and I'm going to see you in California, I'm going to be 600 miles away from my destination. Now, 600 miles is a big deal. So we don't think that if we're 99% on a track that like that 1% makes such a big deal, but it really, really does. So fighting to stay in position and pivot when necessary is important. And that brings me to coaching finding a coach that you can work with, that you resonate with, that you're aligned with, like not all coaches are created equally and all coaches are created equally. So all coaches are wonderful and have their own like expertise and different levels that they work on, whether it's mentorship, uh, traditional coaching modalities, maybe a little bit more with coaching, counseling and, and mentoring, consulting capacity, but finding somebody that you can be real with, I think is the most important thing, because if you're holding something back or you can't be authentic with your coach, then that's not the right coach for you. And don't be embarrassed to say like, Hey, this just doesn't work for me and go work with somebody different. Or maybe you work with multiple coaches. So I have multiple coaches for different things. Um, the next thing for me would be neurofeedback game changer mm. game changer. Um, I can do all the mindset work that I want, um, but the mindset work was not going to get rid of my dyslexia. The mindset work was going to help with my anxiety. It was going to teach me how to therapy and mindset work, teach you how to deal with anxiety and teach you how to deal with maybe like ADD or ADHD. They don't teach you how to get rid of it. So what happens is, is that I feel like for me, at least being um, a counseling professional, even with 20 years of experience and knowing 
that this was like an anxious feeling that I would wake up with, like I can sit there and be like, heavy thoughts, heavy thoughts, heavy thoughts. But that was still like, I still felt like I was like white knuckling through it. So amazing. Mm. I did my own neuro, you have to do your own neurofeedback in order to get certified and licensed in it. And when I did my own focus and relaxation protocols, I remember driving to the gym one day and calling Joe, my husband. And I was like, whoa. And he's like, what? And I was like, this is what it's like. And he's like, what, what's like? And I was like, like, I'm like focused and calm and just going to the gym. And like, I don't have literally 10,000 ideas that are flinging into my head. Because even though some of those ideas are fantastic and wonderful, and I can take them and do a lot with them, it's debilitating when they're too many and they're not at the right time and space. So with the neurofeedback, I was able to create enough space for myself to hone in on my genius so that it didn't become overwhelming and I could become more mindful and more purposeful with my life and with my actions. And at this time, like before I even did neurofeedback, I already built like successful seven-figure businesses, but at the cost of my health, like, I mean, and we can talk about this another time, but like I ended up in the hospital, like Mm. number of times because of stress um, until like in 2011 when I found meditation, but even when I found meditation, like it helped, but it didn't eliminate what I was going through. Like now, like I wake up in the morning and I don't have those feelings of anxiety. I intentionally put kind, purposeful, positive feelings in, but I don't have to fight off the other feelings first, if that makes sense. Oh my God. This was all like, this was jam packed full of gold nuggets and like tangible things that everyone can do. Thank you for sharing that. I was so generous because, you know, what I, I think everything that you're saying, whether it's going and seeking in a more professional basis or doing things on your own, all of what you shared has to do with empowerment, that you can do something to put you in a state of positivity, no matter if you fall off the horse, you know, no matter what age you are, it doesn't matter if you're 85 or 16. And I see this too in my practice, you know, a lot of times people will have those excuses while it's too late, or, you know, I, I can't because X, Y, and Z. And again, that goes back to that victim mentality. And when you do things that are tangible, like putting a routine of drinking water every morning, like let's just start there. When you add, when you really start with those little wins, that'll add up to the bigger picture and the bigger success. But just, you know, having those things, I think are, it's just empowering. So, so thank you. I, we could go on and on, <laughs> Missy, with everything, but we, good things do come to an end. Um, do you want to share? Well, I just want to actually end here and then I want you to share how everyone can find you. All these things too that we talked about and then what you just shared does put you in that state of attraction too, you know, because when you when you feel good about yourself, you, you're just naturally going to attract people like everywhere you go because like happy people like want to be around happy people, you know? So I just... I just want to thank you. And it was really inspiring. So any like last words and, and how can people find you? So I, so I do have one thing. So I like, I like my little quotes. Um, Love it. And so one of the things I like to say is um, someday your life's going to end and it has a start date and an end date. But what's important is that little hyphen in the middle where all the magic happens. 
So I just urge you, like, wherever you are on your journey, whether you're at the beginning or whether you're at the end, is that rebuilders do what's required. And there's no reason for not showing up as your best self for your best self every single day. Amen. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Om Center for Wellness, OM Center for Wellness or Obtaining Mastery. I'm also on TikTok as Dr. Ritz Kelly, um, YouTube Obtaining Mastery um, with Dr. Maritza Kelly. So, I mean, we have so many different platforms. Uh, we're here in Parkland, Florida. So we have a beautiful wellness center, uh, which if you're in the area or even want to fly in for one of our VIP days so that you can attract your best self. I definitely, uh, definitely encourage that. So, but thank you so much for having me on Kim. I oh appreciate my gosh. it. Thank you so much. And I might have to fly there one day. I would say. <laughs> oh, people do it all the time. Like we set up right. VIP days, like they're pretty magical. Like awesome. a one-stop shop for like internal and external, just beauty and wellness. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening. Of course, today, this has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kimmy Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know more, make sure you go to my site, KimmySeltzer.com. And if you're finding yourself in a bad emotional and physical state, and it's really affecting your love life, hop on a call with me. And I'll help you map out a plan. Of course, after you do the VIP day in Florida. What a great combo, by the way. I just thought of that. And We'll map out a plan to get you in that wellness state so you can attract love. Just click the link you see in the show notes to schedule that. And who knows, that one call could change the entire course of your life. And remember, working on you is working on your dating life. That's all for now.